Hello and welcome to the new Lacrosse Talk podcast brought to you by England Lacrosse. Lacrosse Talk will be here to keep you up to date with all things lacrosse, bringing you new and exclusive content from international tournaments, England lacrosse events, interviews with players and coaches, and just shining a light on the people doing great things for the game. In this first episode, we're going to focus on the world of box lacrosse, following England's recent fourth place finish at the World Indoor Championships. We caught up with Andy Downing, England box assistant coach and a key figure in the growth of box in England, about his experiences at the Worlds, the position of box in England currently, and where he sees the future of the game game following this summer's championships. Here comes Tyson Rowe, shoots and he scores! Tyson Rowe stays red hot! Here's Smith with a shot and a goal! Two goals in 50 seconds for England! Crease, shot to go! Mark gets it to go! Power play for England, can they get another? Bunio tucks away and he comes in Abrams! Rebound chance, scores! Mark with the hat trick! Clear with bad intentions! There's an effort there from Bunio on the stop, my goodness. Finishing fourth in the end, you must have ultimately come home really pleased, really proud of the efforts over the uh, two weeks. Yeah, like everyone uh, is like surprised, kind of surprised ourselves and superseded everything that we were kind of aiming for. And we kind of, a bit of a pipeline we're like, we could do, we could we could finish fourth, we could, you know, we could, we could get there. But the reality of it was just a bit unsure. And um, when we beat the Israelis, that gave us so much confidence. Oh, no, no, sorry, when we tested the Israelis and lost in overtime, that just kind of, like, we were all looking at each other like, I think we can do this. You actually sort of realised your standard, because obviously before yeah, that point, yeah. you know, you'd never been together as a full entire group. So ultimately, no. you don't really know where you stand, because you're know, exactly, not yeah. getting that much regular... So when we played uh, the Aussies in the warm-up week, like a bit of a intense training camp a few days beforehand... And they beat us, like, and we kind of were running up and down and a bit disorganised, and it's the first first time the team had played together. So we kind of made a few alterations at the next practice, kind of simplified it. Everyone was kind of just a bit, I think, a bit excited, a bit nervous. And then we played the Germans in the main arena, and the first half we just blew them away. Like, it was good to... It was all working, but we, we still weren't a 60-minute team, as it were. We couldn't do the full game. And the Germans came back. What was it like getting in that arena, like in that environment for them? Was did it did it feel completely different to anything you've been training in before? Did it sort of ramp it up a little bit? Yeah, well, yeah, from going from tennis courts up in Disley to playing in proper venues in front of crowds as well, like it it, it does make a difference. But it's just the lads all stepped up. They kind of it was just being in a professional environment, and I say the coaching staff and the team management kind of helped generate that in the changing room and everyone just stepped up gone were the days of the cold winter's evenings <laughs> up in yeah. Disley or trekking down south to play in a small barn it just it just kind of everything fell into place it was good had you um had you set the had the team set targets before you came in had you had you looked at it and felt we might want to finish here we can finish here this is what we're aiming yeah. for yeah so we we kind of expectations before were kind of just to if we stay we just need to stay in the blue division like that's kind of what we but then the kind of flip side of it was well if we don't if we do get relegated then it's going to take us on a different path back yeah. here by going by kind of concentrating more on, on like an absolute all English team because we, yeah. we can compete at that level and be the best of the rest with what we've got and so we kind of were like well we could go down that route we could bring on the younger players in that system over the next two years but we've going 
going back into the blue division because I think it was the Finland game that kind of solidified that we would be in the blue division and we absolutely battered him so it was kind of like well yeah we do belong here so expectations had gone past what we what we thought we could do you probably saw it during the championship you know in the sort of the pool games playing against Canada and the Iroquois in like the yeah, US just a ultimately, different level yeah but but ultimately that's how the players will improve the quickest by you know being almost well, thrown into yeah, that sort yeah. of lion's den environment and yeah, yeah. having to well, step we, it up we, the speed at what they play alright we, we kind of got battered the speed of what those guys play it just we had to learn quick so the kind of in-game management and tweaks that the coaching staff were doing by the kind of by towards the end of the games they were working so then by the end of the round robin state when we played Finland we just absolutely walked away with it you felt like you were you'd probably got to that different level than you know the teams that were playing in the lower group so talking with like other like the Canadian coaches and the US coaches you can kind of sum up that the Canadians are a second faster and a second in this game is is huge and then as you kind of come down like the US are maybe half a second faster and then the Israelis were the same pegging order as us so it was kind of came kind of all boiled down to in the important games, the crunch games, and the kind of who, how many mistakes you're making, you can kind of limit and control your own game, then mm-hmm. you're going to win, not worry about the opposition. Whereas you play Canada and the Iroquois, they're just, they're that much quicker and it, it, it just shows. But then as when we go down the pecking order, we were the upper hand, we were the one second faster teams. So those split decisions were just kind of easy, a lot easier because we were used to playing at a faster pace. And having played in the two before, moving you know the um, uh, other side of things on the coaching side, did you sort of feel a difference? Yeah. Did you feel a bit? Did it feel a bit strange to you? Yeah, it's it's hard, like because all, all the preparation that we've been doing back home, and say Walt Christensen, the head coach, has been coming over, and then he's kind of been leaving me to like, right, you need to work on this, you need to yeah. work on these things, these run these kind of drills, run these kind of sets. I want to see people work on this. So we're kind of feeding all this back to Walt. And it's just, it's just, it is a, just a different level. Going from a player thinking, oh, I'll just turn up and, you know, do me warm up and put my kit on. It, there's so much more detail that you have to go into as a coach, which I didn't anticipate at this level. And it's been an absolute eye opener. Yeah, it's been, it's been good though. But do, still, do you uh, think that you feel things play. a bit more on the coaching side, sort of as a player? Maybe you know, the nerves are there at the start, but once you play, you're in it and you just go yeah. with the flow. Whereas as a coach, you know. You're having to analyse every single moment all the time, yeah, reviewing yeah. and that sort of work. Yeah, the the, the only time I'd like because we because we were so well organised as the coaching staff, and again that's down to like having professional coaches. Everything's kind of anticipated, so anything that happens, game situation, you're kind of ready for it. Then you can make the little tweaks that you discussed earlier, and everyone's in agreement. Like you've, we've already discussed this, we've already yeah. agreed this is the this is the route we're going to take. So when this does happen, or if it does happen, we can control what the the next outcomes are going to be. So kind of all that planning, the, the players don't see it. They just kind of they have to react to how how we want them to play and it's 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 amazing to to see them the lads step up and actually do it it was brilliant having someone like Walt there to direct you and sort of manage over things is is yeah, is, yeah. is is his sort of experience like invaluable well all, all the coaching staff um, Dan and Jordan they they just they just know the game it's so well that everything's nothing's new to them so they kind of like yeah we'll do this 
you know, it's kind of a, described as a chess game. They've always got a counter move. They're always thinking a few moves ahead, and they just know this. So we're all kind of, I say, we're all like the, the English guys. They're all kind of thinking immediately where they've they've already thought about it. They're, they're steps ahead, and then they just filter it through into the system, dead calm, dead collective, and it's it really does work. It's such an advantage having good quality coaches. Looking back on some of the games as well, so sort of obviously mentioned earlier the game against Israel in the pool stages where you know got close probably after the game felt felt a bit immediately deflated but then like you said you look back and you thought okay we know we're close to them here yeah well exactly the because that was our big test that that was the test in the in you know when we're looking at the kind of what games we've got coming up we kind of thought you know what if we play play well our goalie stands on his head which he does every every game we'll be all right and when they they just they, they they couldn't figure anything out they they didn't have the next move they were just trying to do the same thing they didn't change the it, well it didn't look like they were changing their approach to us so we just carried on slowly slowly one one goal at a time like sounds quite cheesy but it is that simple you just you keep going you keep going at at your own pace don't don't worry about them moving on to that sort of quarter final stage you know things never looked chaotic or you know it wasn't like a lottery you sort of it's it always looked planned intention you knew what yeah, you were looking yeah. to do Walt talks about momentum in games quite a bit and like game management and you kind of you kind of know what's going to happen you know how it's going to pan out like we always talked about the Israeli games it's going to be a one goal game all the way through and it just depends who's up at the end of end of the sixty minutes. So if you can just keep going, you know, we'll just get the next goal. The D can get a stop. It'll work out eventually. I mean, we'll kind of start to gain momentum, and we have to take advantage of those those moments. And it did. And again, they didn't change. They didn't change to kind of counteract us. So you know, you just carry on. If it works, do it again. Saying so in those, you know, those last five minutes of the quarter, for, you know, one up. Yeah. I'm sure you could probably feel it, but it seemed to be managed fairly fairly well and sort of ran it down quite well. And you could always, but as I assume you always felt it was the one goal and it could have gone either way, but you, yeah. were, you know, you were always hanging on. And like you said, um, uh, Frank in goal, Frank um, uh, Shiliano was just insane in those playoff games. He was yeah. on a, yeah. a level that just meant that you probably always felt like, I think we're going to get this. Part of the, like where we kind of, where the D funnel the attackers two and it kind of creates a, a weaker shot a lower percentage shot and if we knew frank could just basically he can pretty much stop anything but if we give it if we funnel them into the right places and try and get them to shoot from certain spots frank will definitely save it and then we knew that we had a couple of transition goals or attempts in us and it's um you know fast breaking her out but yes i think frank had something like an 80 percent shot rate yeah i was having a look through and i think crazy of the of the keepers who played through all the three of their playoff games he beat all the other keepers on percentage like yes yeah, it was it's... a mammoth effort which i suppose really is what you need because i think you'll probably look from the other side of things if you look at you know the amount of shots being taken in all the games we were barn i think the finland we were down on the number of shots taken so yeah, yeah, you yeah. need that sort of d to be sort so, of working well and making the make them take the harder shot like you said so it's as well from the offensive kind of view it's taking but 
they might not be taking as many shots, which is you know is hard against the, the kind of caliber we're, we're up against. But the it's taking a good quality shot, not mm-hmm. just kind of just shooting for shooting. sake. it's trying to kind of work the best position. It's all about as you can imagine setting up the D so it's off ball and getting the attackers into the right place at the right time so they've got a higher percentage shot. Whereas at the start we kind of were just shooting for you know just to get. I think it might be nerves from the the attackers just to. As most attackers like to get a couple of goals under the belt in field, you can't do that in box. You, everything is, especially at this level, everything's got to be so calculated for the best outcome. Yeah, because you know everything's always live, and if I mean, yeah. it's the same with most things. But if you're not in, if you're not, if you, if you're not all set up right, it, especially against someone like a Canada or like the yeah, US, God, you, yeah. you like have a poor shot and you lose the ball for another minute and it's gone again. And... Well, yeah, but yeah, then that's boils down to mistakes again if you, you you make a mistake in attack it's going to potentially cost us a goal so so sometimes you'll see them rolling the ball into the corner like they're not essentially they're giving up but the, what they've done is killed the full 30 seconds which yeah. is given the d arrest and it's kind of slowed their momentum down it's given us a bit of a boost like and that's something that tactically we do do if we know that if, if it's not on in the first kind of 15 seconds of attacking then you're kind of looking for right we might have to go for a little it's like a second half of that attack play and if that doesn't work again then we kind of concede and make sure we get the guys off so we can get the defenders on as quick as possible because they just the better teams to just kill you in transition for a lot of the homegrown players in the squad field is their first primary form of the game you know so those sort of things about shot clocks and stuff don't really come into it do you think it's difficult for them at first to sort of get that mentality of moving from field to box. Well, it's kind of the kind of players that we were looking for. Like had good lax IQ. They played lacrosse, you know, for a while, so you can you can manipulate them to kind of in a like thanks to Walt and as I say Dan and Jordan in the short space of time that we can they learn quick. They make mistakes, but you know they they're good enough to kind of understand and break it down. So that's the kind of players we want. We want good lax IQ, but then the kind of other side of it is if you just want brute strength and like athletes to come and play then you can again you can teach them as long as everyone comes with an open mind you can kind of pass and catch mm-hmm. we can teach the rest obviously after you'd got past Israel you were you know through on to those sort of ultimately you knew you had a shot at a medal like whatever was going to yeah. come of it again Canada semi-final Canada's just Canada you you know you do your best you try and perform to the level that you think you can perform whether that's good enough or whether it's not yeah well it's it's always it's daunting isn't it like going up against like they're, I think they've won it every time but the you know like how how many opportunities do an English team get to go for a gold medal like this is in the semi-finals obviously and it, oh, it's against Canada, and you kind of know the outcome. But I think the lads, the lads tried so hard, and that you know that was a game plan. Was like, I think we, you know, what have we got to lose? We can only try and go for a gold here. And in that moment, in the change room, everyone kind of like penny dropped a little bit, and was like, but yeah, yeah, we could go for a gold. But then you know, ten seconds, ten seconds into the game, it all changes. But then in that in that semi-final, do we want to? Was after about two minutes, we were like, "Right, we're up. Let's yeah. let's end <laughs> know, it. Right, yeah, game yeah. done now." We're joking about um, calling play for lightning. <laughs> yeah, you were like, "Right, here we go. It's not going to get better than this. So let's try and find a way to stop this." But no, it was. Yeah. But those sort of little moments just, you know, show that whilst it may be for a few minutes, you can you can get on top or you can perform yeah, against it's, them. And it's yeah, but that, yeah, I know it, it, it was nice and everyone was kind of smiling and kind of ner- like kind of nervously smiling at each other. Yeah, because like, you know, know that, what's going yeah. on. <laughs> but then you know they just must have got a 
must have had telling off and yeah. the <laughs> tails are up it's moments like that though, that you kind of like now that the dust has settled like you kind of look back and you do think all right we, we might have had a couple of breakaways but that's the that's um that's the game like look, again looking back to the um of looking to the u.s game like we hit the pipe and we had our chances uh, as did they but you know a few more goals and it's we only needed three goals to take them into overtime it's you took the chances were there and it kept happening and happening and happening out of all, all the games i say that was the on the bench that was the most nervous one i was going to come on to that us because you talk about you know a little bit of a roy smile that we were sort of you know up against canada but that USA game by the second half, the sort of third fourth period, that became a that was a serious game. And well, that's it. It's, it's momentum, isn't it? And confidence. Like I know the um, for the start of the game, the the crowd wasn't quite full, and it's a I think it's four and a half thousand seater. But they, the Canadian fans were coming in for the final game, so they were catching the back end of our game, and they were just on our side. And you get the crowd behind you, you get a couple of goals. It, confidence in the players it's such a huge huge help to kind of sell the guys and they just started playing and it was they didn't change we didn't change anything tactically they just played with confidence it was amazing i think that's the one thing you noted was the atmosphere that was building while all the fans were coming yeah. in for that final it was that sort of momentum yeah, you could just feel that you know maybe everything was you know everyone was against the us or they just wanted to see yeah. <laughs> they just like wanted to see something perform, but you could feel that it was all getting a little bit ratty from them, and it sort of built yeah. up to quite a nice sort of final few minutes, didn't it? Well, it's the classic underdog story, isn't it? Like come down from ten one, you know, the Americans are on Canadian soil. Like everything was in our favour, and say so the the chances started going in, whereas in the first half they weren't. So it's it's about being again. It boils down to being a 60-minute team, you've got to contest everything and compete with, with your opposition for the entire game, especially at this level. Ultimately, it shows what you want to do and it shows the level that you can get to. And I suppose, looking forward now, it's what are you looking at now? How do you now build on what you've just done yeah. there? Because an equaling performance for the you know the best we've ever done and with the way that the tournament has grown in its size and its quality, you know, it's becoming harder each year even to just maintain that level yeah. so what are you looking to do now whilst we were out there uh, Elliot Pugh and myself had we had a few meetings again with, with Jane and Mark from EL they're very encouraging and want to help and start bringing venues is kind of all the conversations that we had um, it all boiled down we can do this we've got the you know we've got the coaching staff we've got the time we can invest it here but all boils down to having a purposeful venue mm. and multiple purposeful venues up and down the UK. So it's that's something we're, we're going to start looking closely into. Ultimately, it's giving more people the opportunity to play and have a go yeah. and to you know have the facilities to do that in. Well, it's, it's one of those, it's look what we've achieved with playing on tennis courts <laughs> yeah. and undersized rinks and, you know, on, on bad badly timed kind of like because we as you know we, we have to compete with the field schedules but it's we're going to start implementing more box specific times in season to kind of you know kind of when it's when the pitches aren't ready to, or when it's snowed and rained and they get called off it's mm -hmm. actually be structured so you know we know that's going to happen so why not have a box league running november december january mm -hmm. kind of times right i know you've put a lot of work over the last few years into northern box lacrosse 
Is that what you see the next step for that now is, you know, a league that runs over a few week period that sort of gets it in the sort of regular calendar rather than ad hoc? Yeah, it's kind of ad hoc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All this kind of stuff's been in our kind of business model or business plan for we're saying five years was what we're three years into it now and so it's naturally going as we kind of predicted anyway and it's it's kind of time the time's right it feels right everybody I say everyone in the right position is you know we're kind of everyone's saying yes at the same time so it's kind of time to start putting some actions together and actually kind of building kind of legacy kind of um, venues and uh, that'll uh, obviously the rest will fall into place and I say I know over you know the last year or so you know especially been looking to you know get some of the junior programs down the junior teams yeah, there, running yeah. little tournaments for the sort of on well, that, that junior level that is uh, well that's that's kind of where we're focusing our main efforts uh, the juniors are they're the future and as, as corny as that sounds <laughs> but they picked it up so well that the coaches were coming up to me after the tournament and saying, you know, he, this guy doesn't normally play. He, he kind of plays every now and again. He's not the kind of, he's not the best on the team, but we put him in the box, we put him on the floor and he's, he's been amazing. Like he's totally found his spot. And if that kind of encourage him to, encourages kids to carry on playing, like they can do, because you, you don't have to be, you know, shoot a million miles an hour. You don't have to be the fastest. You can go on in defence or in transition and do your do your job, and then you come straight off, get coached by the the right people, and then you go back on the next thirty seconds. So it's in a short space of time you can mould a player so much quicker than you can in field that the the kids are more engaged. And plus, it's you know, it's 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 live, it's live all the time. You don't get time to go and get your ball out of the bush, and so it's uh. It's a lot more appealing. Just, plus, the parents loved it. Like the that one moment, I kind of was refing, and we looked back, and the whole the whole side of the pitch was full. The balcony was full. The bar was full. All right, it helped that it was nice weather. <laughs> but the um, it's you know it's it's entertaining to for crowds. Like uh, it's just and it's something new. Of course. So I mean, ultimately, like you say, you want when people move to box, it's you know through having primarily been playing yeah. field, and they see it as something to give it a go but like you said there with the junior you almost want to start developing people where that's their favoured format that's their exactly, you know yeah. that's their number one that's their like well I play box primarily it's what I want to do and that's why you want yeah. to sort of give them the chance to be able to do that and obviously as you you know you see on the sort of Canadian field teams as well it it can develop a whole new range of skills for players at yeah. a field level as well you know it gives you a whole new set of skills essentially well, it's the the kind of main the main things that we found is reaction times. Like as I was talking about before, they they're just so much quicker at decision making, and they know where to stand. They know where the kind of dangerous spots are. So you'll find that the guys are they're passing the ball to areas with nobody in, but they know someone's the timing that someone's mm-hmm. coming into that area. So it's it's it just it just helps it just helps them so much more. And as I say, you know, you sort of started up in the north and we sort you know get was trying to ultimately like you said get the spread through multiple locations and i know yeah there's been work done in the south as well with the southern box lacrosse they've got that yep. sort of that own same sort of franchise sort of thing and that's that's where you you know you get this thing where you're able to not just go to one location you want it to be available in like yeah, you say up two and down or, the country yeah, yeah exactly and it's i think that's the positive thing isn't it is to see it you know, developing places where you, you you're not just playing within yourselves the whole time. You know, you've got other options and other places, and yeah. ultimately giving it giving other people the the option and the chance. 
Well, I think the, with the so what we've, we're talking about with the Southern guys is because the junior program um, suffers down there. Mm-hmm. I think there's only Spencer with the juniors at the moment. The with the smaller numbers that is needed for box, and it's you know it's inside and it's a lot you know it's a lot quicker kind of. They can play because like, the juniors they play shorter games and they don't have uh, this is over in Canada and they have they don't have set positions so everyone does a position so you go in you go out they call it, you go out the back door you play D then you'll move up into transition move then you'll play through, yeah. um, attack and then you'll come off so everyone kind of gets a feel but they grow up in that system so that's something we're going to look at doing down south because I say Manchester is kind of we've got enough we've obviously could do with more but the that's you know the the field teams struggle because they've got no junior programs so we're looking at box to develop that so we can yeah, filter exactly. through obviously, you know, smaller numbers smaller squads and it you yeah. know, allows you to get the time and I, I like what you say about the you know that junior age a uh, a child doesn't need to be in a specific position they don't need to be playing you know you are an attack and that's the only yeah. thing you do yeah. so like you say in that sort of small environment it gives a you know, it's a really good and easy chance to be able to play all through the positions. And then you can kind of see where they're most comfortable as, as they grow up. And then you can think, right, well, maybe you should stay there. You should stay in attack or you should stay in D now. And it, it does, I mean, I wish, like looking back at my career, I wish someone had put me in attack instead of defence. Do you reckon you would have uh, yeah. made yourself oh, a yeah. smart little uh, attack? <laughs> you always used to say, like, yeah. defenders, you know, always reckon that they could make the best attackers because... They think that they know the movements of a, you know, of a defender, so yeah, they know, you know how you would get the best of yourself. It's more exciting, isn't it? Everyone wants to score the goals. Everyone wants, everyone the wants goals. to be part of the plays, and that's that allows you to do that in box. Like the, those split moments, if you get a breakaway, five or six steps, and you're you're an attacking threat. It just ignites you. It like gets the adrenaline going. Like it's 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 worth it's worth the buzz. Essentially, looking down the line, what do you see sort of in five years' time? on a sort of a national level for the programme. I know sort of it's been talked about through the team and the coaching staff that ultimately the goal is to try and produce a homegrown full team. Yep. Is that what you see yep. in the sort of the next five years, ten years? We're kind of um, leading away from the grandparent heritage of the passports, kind of Canadian players or US, wherever they come from. And we actively want those passport holding players that are non-residents to come over and engage, spread their knowledge and be part of our culture and, you know, attend all practices, you know, yeah. leading up to championships and just kind of be more involved over here. But it's it's kind of hard when because of off the back of the um championship see three players three canadian players have gone <laughs> on to rosters yeah for professional teams so it's kind of where do you or where, where where do they want to be in their career do they want to come over here you know it's kind of yeah. so but it, it is something we're strongly thinking about and to have homegrown players in five years because if you think about the under 14s in five four or five years they'll be ready and if they're if that's something that we can invest in now then it's something that we we want to invest in we do want to do it what you say there about sort of getting them to come over and sort of be a part of the culture i think that's what you've seen in sort of you know the other sort of the field teams the junior teams the players who have made the most impact on that sort of um you know coming over on a heritage the impact has been made by them being around the squad a lot and sort of being involved and 
I think that's where you'll get the most out of it. Because say so the guys, the guys that we had, we've, we were so lucky. Like they, they, they knitted into the team and he gelled with everybody. And for a long time, it's, this has been one of the best England teams we've been part of. Like just to see like the camaraderie and the professionalism, and it's just all like the lads. They just fit in so well. But again, we we know a few of them from the last Worlds in Syracuse, but it's you know the people stay friends and it kind of just grows. People, some of the players have actually gone out to um, Victoria and played, and it's 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 all you know it's, it's the bigger picture, isn't it? Absolutely, like you say, that's what you want, and obviously you know you recognise that you know in some of those positions, you know goalie or whatever, you know you probably do still need someone with that sort of extra level of knowledge. Yeah, yeah let's say that goalie spot is a, a very rare spot to, yeah. be, to be that good. Like it's uh, we've done well, we did well with that one. Overall, it's been another great experience for you, I suppose, as part of the box. And you see it. Is this going to have a sort of material impact on the game now for sort of the English team? Yeah, one hundred percent. It can't like it's it's got too much momentum now, and you can't ignore it. The underlying fact is that box makes you a better lacrosse player. It's it's that simple. So why wouldn't you want to better yourself? And if we get these indoor venues playing up in Manchester, it'd be a lot nicer, wouldn't it? You can sort of use but, that as a thing for people to be like, don't bother playing outside, come and play inside all the time. Well, yeah, it's more for the parents. Looking, I say, looking forward, though, we've got uh, an opportunity to send some kids, some Eng- they want the English kids to go to Calgary on a scholarship, on a part scholarship, and where they, they train and play with a team. Their board and lodgings is paid for, and they kind of integrate and kind of see where they can they can go. Who's uh, that through? It's through um, a local team. So they, um, the government, the local councillors, provided funding for one of the teams to reach out, like a reach out program, to mm-hmm. see what they can pull over from Europe mainly. So we are looking for potential candidates to go and do that. And it, I think with so it's early stages of planning, but it's going to be I think May, June, July, and we're looking for 19 to 21 year olds. Now you've said that, you're going to be inundated, I bet. Well, it's, it's, it's kind of life, life, life experience as well, isn't it? Like the, you know, you get to see the world by playing lacrosse and by being in a kind of minority sport, it's more likely that you'll play for England than you would do as, you know, rugby or football. Yeah. And you, you get to travel, you get to see the world. Like we've all, everyone that's kind of in similar positions to myself, we've all kind of seen quite a lot and it's all down to lacrosse. Thanks to Andy for taking the time out to chat to us and thanks for listening to the first episode of Lacrosse Talk. If you're interested in finding out more about Box Lacrosse, check out England Box Lacrosse on social media or search for Northern Box Lacrosse or Southern Box Lacrosse to get involved. Please do subscribe to the podcast to be the first to listen to new episodes and you can keep up to date with England Lacrosse on Facebook, on Twitter, Instagram and YouTube where we'd love to hear your suggestions for upcoming Lacrosse Talk episodes.